0: Welcome to the Music Book Club, brought to you by Automatic Panic. In each episode, we choose an album, listen to it, and talk about it. I'm Andy Payne, with me is Azin Khan, Hello. and our guest today is the superlative, Danny Walsh.
1: Hey, superlative, thank you very much. Lovely to join you guys. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. It's a kind of very grey Saturday. I'm appreciative of being indoors, and yeah, just kind of, you know, bumbling along like we all are.
0: So, today, we are discussing The White Stripes Elephant, released in 2003. If you haven't listened to it yet, press pause now and go do it.
1: Oh, look at that vinyl.
2: It's great, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah, beautiful. I've got the, um, the, the album here, and what I like about it, it says on the back, White Stripes Elephant, complete recordings in chronological order, and there's a little asterisk. Right next to it, it's like this little Simpsons-esque joke. And if you go to the bottom where the asterisk is, it says, not necessarily complete or in chronological order. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I mean, it's easy, but it's fun. <laughs> I might have
1: to check my um, CD sleeve for that now. Yeah. Um, interesting story about that, actually. I bought this album from a tiny stall on the Kosan Road in Thailand in 2003. And I think it cost me 300 baht, which was probably the equivalent of about five English pounds then. And so th- th- this album is forever tied into my kind of like um, traveling experiences, as it was pretty much a blanket playlist for my entire time that I was in Thailand.
0: Were you, were you on CD Walkman?
1: I was. Yeah. I was on CD Walkman. <laughs> yeah, so was yeah. I at that time. Not a um, man. I couldn't afford one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: this um this album came out the year I first learned to play guitar. Actually, no, I, I hadn't realized that actually, but um, like pretty much every other kid who had a guitar at the time, one of the first things I learned was Seven Nation Army. Probably wrong, mm. but still. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of going dum dum, dum 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 and have fun with that. Um
1: and it's just such a great riff
2: it is and it's a really good opener for an album i think because it just comes right at Mm. you and it sort of it's built up as well first you just hear the riff it's not like the whole song comes crashing in it's just the the songs is i think in my head bigger than it actually is if you listen to Mm. it and that's something that the white straps do really well they have a really big sound but um at the same time when you if you sort of try and Push everything out and be super objective. It's quite dry and it's quite, and there's nothing too fancy going on with the production. It's not like it sounds big because they've mm. layered in loads of reverb. There often isn't any. It's kind of room if 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 that is kind of the only admins you hear. And um, and I remember like I've played this song live a few more, a few times and and um, I've probably taken it a little bit over the top. And if you actually listen to say Jack White's delivery and the whole thing, it's quite understated in its way. Um. In a way that sounds wrong when I say it, but I hope I hope you know what I mean.
0: There's uh, there's a thousand drummers who have overplayed every <laughs> single White Stripe song that has ever been covered, uh, simply because it it works because like like you say, there's not much going on really, so uh, you can have a really big but quite dry sound like from the drums. Like the bass drum and snare sound on this album is incredible all the way through, mm. and you know I'll, I'll be honest, straight up, it's not my favorite album. Uh, but there's quite a lot that I've appreciated while listening to it, and uh, Seven Nation Army is an absolute tune. It's it's very rare that you get one that um, crosses that whole uh, spectrum of like uh, garage rock fans, desert rock, uh, that kind of modern pop rock also football football chants and because it because this is one like i'll i'll say this to some of my students who have no idea what the song is by name but then you go oh but what about the (laughs) oh yeah i heard that at the football and then (laughs) and then they'll 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 be into it straight away so it's it's a it's a great um kind of cultural status from around that time that has uh, you know the, the simplicity of and repeatability is what has made it such a uh, such a big big song uh, and the ability to write that kind of riff is um very underrated i think
1: definitely it's actually it's one of the um it's one of the few things i can even play on drums because my um I'm terrible at drums. Can't do it. I don't have the coordination for it. And I still have a mild panic attack when I get to the triplet bit, but I can just about get through <laughs> it. <laughs> yes, yeah, like, oh God, what's happening here? Um, but I, do you know what, as well? I think it, it was like a real breakthrough moment, like uh, remembering that seeing that video and hearing that song for the first time, which must have been around April, May 2003. It was definitely Something when like I was that, finishing yeah. off my A-levels. Yeah. And it was just it was just so instantly iconic and part of the zeitgeist. And it's funny you mention the football fans as well because Dagnar and Redbridge Football Club have taken it on as their unofficial anthem. <laughs> and um, we used to play in a pub in Romford called the Golden Lion in an old function band a few years ago. And um, they had a cup. their supporters would go down there. And then we instantly became their favorite band because we would play <laughs> Seven Nation Army. But we did it more in the style of the um, Nostalgia 77 version I sent you earlier, Andrew. Mm.
0: That's uh, like a it was like lo-fi soul funk.
1: Yeah, which is absolutely brilliant. Worth checking out if you've not heard it.
0: Yeah, it, like we were saying earlier about like a uh, band overplaying it when they cover. As long as you put a proper spin on it, rather than trying to play the a similar mm. version to the original, then it really works. But mm. Uh, mm. because of because of that unique feel that the White Stripes managed to capture, mm. then it's difficult to to get uh, better trying yeah, to copy yeah. it in, you have to in the original push style
2: it into your own thing. And I think it's probably... you know. Th- us being Automatic Panic as a two-piece, I've noticed that as well, that when you just play as a two-piece, especially that first EP that we did, because there are only a couple of things happening, you can make each thing sound massive. I find like in a mix, there's only so much space. And if you need to put lots of elements in it, each thing has to be small, sort of loosely speaking. Mm. But if you only have like bass and drum, sorry, guitar and drums, <laughs> then they can just sound massive. They can just take up the entire space in the, in the, in the texture. And... I think that's partly why they just sound so huge. And obviously it's all very well recorded and um, yeah. performed. But um, but I think just having fewer elements in your music does help that kind of bigness yeah. because then you can just make... If you only have one guitar on your track, it's going to be massive.
1: Yeah, um, it's quite quite similar to... Um, what was the first Royal Blood single that came out? Was it, I think it was... Um, how does it feel when it came around and kicked you out of the black? Oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that was the first one I heard and I think maybe it hadn't quite caught on as much as like Little Monster or Figure it out, mm. but it sounded absolutely okay. huge the first time I mm. heard it. And yeah, and I suppose you're always going to unfairly compare other two pieces to the white stripes because again, it's just the iconography of yeah. it.
2: Yeah. I think I think this album probably is known for best for maybe amongst people who aren't big White Stripes fans for Seven Nation Army. I, I don't think I don't even think that's my favorite song on this album. I would have to think about it a little bit. But the second one, if we just sort of go down the track listing, the second one is maybe one of maybe my favorite or one of them, Black Math. And the reason is because Jack White has this kind of songwriting that in his lyrics, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of levity, but there's a lot of kind of there's a kind of wit and humor about his writing that I really enjoy. And I think Black Math is one of the best ones of that. Because it's it's sort of witty and sarcastic, you know, like, "Hey, Mister, I can ask you a question? Is it the fingers of the brain that you're teaching the lesson?" You know, it's just like these <laughs> little quips. I really like them, um, and he's pretty good at that. And you can just you can almost see that from from the, li- the names of the songs themselves. You know, like uh,
0: "Girl, You Have No Faith in Medicine."
2: <laughs> you see that on a track list and You go, "What is this?" And then you listen to it. And you go, "This is an absolute banger."
0: I was thinking with um, with it's true that we work, that we love one another. That's the kind of phrase you get when you're learning a language, yeah. and you would never actually use yeah. in your native language.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, they're, they're kind of they're really stretching the syllables to fit the melody
0: there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti, for example.
2: <laughs> but there's like, a, what's the other one? The hardest button, to button as well, with that with that awesome video where they have like a million drum kits and a million mm. amps, and it just goes duh duh. Dumb, 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 dumb. Was that was that the hardest button to button Yeah, yeah, I
0: think that so. That was,
1: yeah. That oh, was the okay. um, that was Michelle Gondry, wasn't it? So he did the um, he he
0: directed Eternal Sunshine and The Spotless Mind.
2: Oh uh, yeah. Oh right. I think it was shot in Detroit.
0: So right, they're American, but they recorded in London most of the time. Is yeah, that
2: right? Elephant is Elephant is recorded in London, To Rag Studios. Hmm. Which is a pretty cool studio, I should looked it up. Um I would love to record there. It's an analogue only. They have all this like I don't think anything in there is is newer than 1967 or something. <laughs> they just have all this old school stuff and they really know how to use it and it all sounds great. Um, you know, with, uh, I know in another episode we've gone on and on about like vinyl, analog and vinyl stuff, but it, there is something to be said about how you work with uh, analog things when you're recording.
0: The style of songwriting, the impression I get, because I, I've only really listened to this album in the last year, um, and the style of songwriting I get is we've had two or three good ideas let's just work out how we put them together uh, instead of looking for complex uh, uh, progressions and and uh, things like that it's not uh, trying to be something that yeah, it's not it's, they've never mm. been
2: that kind of or at yeah. least at this point they weren't this kind of and I think they went into more of this kind of situation uh, this kind of territory with Iggy Thump their last album right. it's a bit more complex and there is mm. stuff in there that you wouldn't necessarily expect them to do and there was it was a pretty good high for them to end on um I think um when I, I remember when I was proposing albums I was thinking is elephant I, uh, I don't know um,
1: yeah conquest is still conquest my is my favorite, favorite, favorite white, album, white stripes yeah. tunes it's absolutely incredible <laughs> it might be his but,
2: finest vocal performance
1: yeah um, uh, no definitely agree with that. there's a
2: Spanish language one version of it as well.
1: Is there? Yes. Oh, I've not heard that. <laughs> I'm going to have to seek that out. I think going back to what Andrew was saying earlier about it's not your favorite album. It's possibly like, it's, it's my most listened to White Stripes album by a country mile, but I don't know if I could call it my favorite either. I think like Get Behind Me Satan was weirder, a bit more experimental, which I really appreciate. I feel like in a way, um, White Blood Cells was a little bit more complete mm-hmm. and like the, the, just the sheer quality of the tunes throughout was a little bit more consistent. Mm. But there's something about this album that I keep on keep on coming back to. It,
2: it really works as a as an album piece. That's why I have made it onto my list here. Over Iggy Thump. Um, I keep saying Iggy Thump. I know the album itself <laughs> is called Iggy Thump. Uh, <laughs> I think it's probably because they record in general really fast, and mm. so they they're really good at capturing a vibe for an entire album. Mm. And I find that on all of their albums, and that's something that other recording artists can learn from. I think um, that you don't want to labor things too much. I know I've definitely been guilty of that. And, you know, it's a <laughs> song that we started like a year and a half ago. Um, oh yeah. We,
0: we signed it off and basically we've now banned as in from listening to it <laughs> so that he doesn't get any more ideas to remix it. Yeah, exactly.
2: And it's, it's partly because it's too easy to then remix it because it's all in for that single. It's digital, right? If it's off tape, it's a lot of faff. So you don't really do it and you work mm-hmm. a bit faster. Um, so that, I think that's, what's important is to capture that vibe that, I think Jack White in particular is a really excellent producer. Uh, he claims that produced every record he's done. You know, if 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 anybody ever has a chance to have their record produced by Jack White, I would I would strongly suggest you say yes. Mm. And I, I mean like for everybody I know uh, Neil Neil Young recorded an album with him a few years ago. Mm. It's called Letters Home, I think, and they recorded it in this um, like old booth from the 40s or something that used to record directly to wax or acetate or vinyl or something. And it's obviously very lo-fi, very um, affected that way, but naturally rather than you know being done later. And I think they got a lot of flack for that. It's like, why would you put out something so lo-fi? And it's kind of the point of it. It's just him singing in this booth. And I listened to the album. It's really, it's really good. And it's very affecting because it's so kind of it almost feels like an historical artifact in fact he the the album opens with him reading out a letter to his now you know deceased parents and it it sounds like because that, that's what sorry that's what these booths were used for people used to to go in there you put in some money you record your message and you get a little disc and people would mail them home um it's mm-hmm. like voice notes um nowadays it's a bit easier <laughs> uh, to do that but um and you know, Jack White said, OK, you're going to because he had one in the studio. He'd like had to do it up because obviously it broke all, all the time and they had to fix it up. And they shoved Neil Young of all people in there. And he did a whole album that way. Just him and a guitar.
0: It's yeah. um, it, it's a classic case of um, uh, lots of times the best creativity comes out of the limitations that you have. Because you have to work inside them, and so with analog, like, like you say, it's a case of right. We we've only got a certain number of takes because we only have so many uh, reels, and then you can't play that tape too much uh, while you're uh, mixing because it'll degrade. So mm. get it done. Mm. Um, and whereas, like you're saying, like we've you know, if you listen to the same song two hundred times uh, when you're mastering it yeah, uh, digitally, you, and you, you, you like you just bit. agonize over every bit, and you're like you're only going to get maybe two percent improvement, just leave it. Yeah. and get on, get on with something else. Get making yeah. new stuff. Exactly. It's as long as you
2: sell the the impression. Like that, that brings us back to this, you know, to Elephant mm. and how, how can you? There's not much more you can be constrained than being all analog and mm. having two piece and you know. Let Let's face it, not the, the most virtuoso drummer. Um, these are limitations that these guys have used them to, to create so much amazing stuff. Mm. within that within that constraint
1: I think it took me about because again I was listening to it with my fake discman um, (laughs) you know just trotting around Thailand I think it took me a couple of weeks to actually figure out that Black Math and There's No Home For You Here were two separate songs Yeah, because I wasn't looking straight into it doesn't it it was like yeah it was just like beats rest and banging with the same chord and you know that that overdub is yeah. just incredible, especially when it does the breakdown. Um, you just get that squalling guitar feedback, and then that chorus of Jack White's It's just two thumbs <laughs> every time.
2: That's just good album planning as well. It's hard to say they may have he may have written the song separately and then realized they join up, or he may have always intended it to to lead from one to the other. But the, either way, recognizing that and seeing you know these songs are in the same key, or or even if they're not in the same key, you know sometimes people they. Um, Arrange the order of the track such that you know the key of one song leads to a perfect cadence for the mm. next song, or something like that. It just it just feels natural um, if that's what you want. Because if you if you don't <laughs> want that and you want the next song to be jarring, then you ha- have it like a semitone higher or something random, and it just goes back <laughs> right into it.
0: Mm. <laughs> I quite like the uh, Meg White vocal on. In, is it in the cold, cold nights? Yeah, yeah, love that. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, it's, it's a nice little chance to not have drums on there as well, but not just have Jack White's vocal as well. Mm. Like, mm. It's quite clever because that could have been he could have done the vocal on that easily, and then you're just kind of going, "Well, you missed an opportunity for that variety."
2: Yeah, it in means that. that they're always kind of doing things as a band, right?
0: Exactly. Mm.
2: Even on um, mm. uh, "Get Behind Me, Satan," the song "As Ugly as I Seem," you know, it's basically just guitar, acoustic guitar, and vocal song with Jack White singing, but Meg's in there somewhere banging. St- something i'm not sure what it is actually uh, it's, it's really roomy it's, i don't think it has a close mic on it it might be a back of a guitar it might be some kind of it's some kind of hand drum maybe uh, i never quite figured it out but you can hear it and it's out it's cool so they're always kind of doing things as a band
0: yeah uh, when i mean when you only have two members it can be flat if you've only got one person doing something at a time yeah yeah
1: yeah i think in the cold cold night it's a really good example of just how skillful a songwriter jack white is because we you know we've spoken about meg white's limitations as a drummer but she's clearly quite limited as a vocalist as well but in terms it, it works perfectly it's yeah. actually a real it's like i find it a really sexy delivery the lyrics and her voice are kind of perfect for that and and again he's you know he's he's chosen a key signature for her to sing in which suits the limitations of her voice yeah. as well it's just really carefully planned for what seems like a kind of two and a half minute throwaway
2: and I, I, I like the organ tones on it as well. They're very kind of mm. deep and mellow, but there's a little like I like organs when they have this kind of grinding sound in them somewhere. It's really hard to explain, but you can sort of hear it like, like something just sort of rattling <laughs> a little bit. Um, and there's a bit of that on there, and um, uh, it, it definitely kind of inspires some of the the kind of organ and guitar interplay in the automatic panic stuff. As a result, because it's like I said, like you're saying, there's nothing else going on. All the bass in that song is provided by the organ and not the guitar or anything else. It can be helpful, I think, to at least know to like define yourself a little bit, even just to yourself rather than outwardly, because outwardly, then people take it seriously, right? But just even inwardly, when you're recording, you say, you know what, we're just going to record to tape. We're not going to use synthesizers. We're not going to do this. We're only going to do that. Um, is Again, back to the constraints. I think that's a the theme of, say, White Stripes and this mm. album in particular, that these constraints are really important.
1: Um, mm. Definitely, because they've, they've already got the restriction of, you know, being a two-piece band. Mm. So I think in a lot of ways, like the, the different approaches that they've took by, you know, either removing or placing constrictions around the records has made sure that they've kind of kept their sound fresh.
2: Hmm. It sort, of, it sort of becomes timeless in a way.
1: Mm, absolutely. Okay,
2: it, you know, it's funny we just said the year t- 2003. It's a pretty good year. I mean, like, so we have Absolution, we have Elephant. Is this when Songs of the Deaf came out as well? I thought that was 2002. I Two, okay.
0: think so. Um, but just before. I
1: know, I know Hell, to, Hell to the Thief was 2003. 2003 just felt like a good year in general.
2: I remember it's also the year, I think it's also the year that Franz Ferdinand released their first album. So mm. It was a good time for riffs, like guitar riffs.
0: Mm. Room on Fire by The Strokes was 2003 yeah. as well, and The Darkness Permission to that. Yes. yes, oh my god, I remember the
2: first time I ever heard that. I was listening to the radio on my headphones, and like it went bam, and then and like I remember like jump, bopping around the room. I must have been I don't know in 2003. I must have been 11. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no. Funnily enough, Absolution was the CD that finally usurped Elephant. While I was travelling, so oh, it was, yeah. yeah. Did White Stripes to death, and then Absolution came out, and um I think that was my soundtrack for Malaysia, Singapore, and Brisbane. Yeah, 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 <laughs> nice. yeah
0: pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. We aren't we aren't doing a Muse album for this season of it, but oh. we could easily do four Muse albums. Yeah. I think <laughs> in the next season like,
2: to <laughs> do a Muse season.
0: that would be very amusing Uh, oh nice (laughs)
2: um but what i was going to say was that even though there are all these of great riffs and songs flying around in sort of the mainstream charts i think seven nation army stands out above all of them you know like i said france Ferdinand to take me out uh, queens of the stone age and no one knows and and the others that we mentioned but somehow you know to write such a simple riff that Mm. Sort of transcends the time almost and becomes like the defining thing that's still chanted by people who don't even know what it is. Yeah, yeah uh,
0: exactly. Like I don't. I wonder how many people realize that that was the O. Jeremy Corbyn uh, chant as <laughs> yeah, well. <maybe>. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but <laughs> you see my point that it sort of transcends things in it, um, and I think that's. I know it's just one song in on the album, but I think that's partly why this album is here on on the show. That it creates this. Um, moment in time for itself it's it's almost like a little time capsule because like i said the it was recorded in such a studio that doesn't really have any um new fancy technology and it's it's like mm. it was made 50 years ago or something and it sort of just becomes this little bubble
1: i think there was just there was a certain element of soap opera about it as well with this album i think it was the first one they'd recorded just after they would um split as a couple
2: oh really okay
1: which I think is, it, it doesn't really reflect that much in the songs, but it's there in the album cover. Mm-hmm. And I think people were kind of expecting it to be more of a kind of like, you know, a blood on the tracks kind of affair. And oh, it right, wasn't, right. it was just like crushing riffs, which is album, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: uh, is, is that why it's called Elephant? Like Elephant in the Room? I think that was maybe, the intention. I never really thought about that. Because it's not referenced anywhere else in like in the song titles or anything, is it? Mm.
2: I, I read somewhere that the um, each, each of the White Stripes albums, they're... Or at least the last three, the cover is supposed to look like some kind of animal, and this is supposed to look like an elephant of some sort. You can see, like, this is meant to be the tusk or the trunk or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is because he's holding a cricket bat, which is which is hilarious because obviously they're an American band, and most mm-hmm. people in America would have no idea what that is. Um, <laughs> but I wonder if that's true because um, I get behind me, Satan is this. It's supposed to be a monkey, I think, and Iggy Thump is. And a horse, I think. This could be complete bollocks, but this is, I read this somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since, I've been like staring at their albums, trying to figure it out. Like,
0: it, maybe it's just a practical this is joke
2: some, by somebody because I've been looking at it. Some and, weird
0: like, QAnon stuff.
2: Because like <laughs> <now. laughs> I just like looking at it, going, is it that? Yeah, I can kind of see um, it, but is it? Uh,
1: yeah, anything's a Rorschach test if you stare at it long enough.
0: No, I don't get it. <laughs>
2: Art. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, as in, I think you were saying, um, Girl, you have no faith in medicines. Possibly your potential top song on the album.
2: Uh, is that a crowded I mean,
1: field, or is there just... A the girl,
2: you have no faith in medicine is also, is really good. Uh, black math is also really. good. <laughs> this is really hard. Uh, I'm gonna go with black math. Yeah. For that middle bit where he just goes, because it's it's all kind of like. High intensity, and then it kind of ramps up a notch by slowing down. There's that bit. It goes. Math and math. Yeah, no, that, that, that bit's awesome.
1: Yeah, it That's gets a bit doomy. I'm, I'm always a fan of a bit of a doomy thing. But then it goes straight back into a, the high
0: tempo. Yeah, it's a seamless uh, tempo change. Yeah, actually. it's really yeah. good. Yeah. Mm. Uh, do you have a favorite one, Don?
1: Um. Oh, I think. I've got a massive soft spot for Little Acorns, just mm. because every yeah. time he does, he like Ow, 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 it just cracks me up. It's <laughs> yeah. hilarious.
0: Um, I love, I, I love the little, uh, the spoken yeah, intro of yeah. well, yeah. the uh, American thing. It was probably must have been from like a uh, like public service documentary mm. from the fifties or sixties. Or
2: Is it? I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was just recorded that way.
0: Did they record it for the album?
2: I, I, I think so. Mm. I could be oh. wrong.
1: But yeah, that's that's okay. up there. But I think. Oh, I think Ball and Biscuit might just edge it. Ball that's and Biscuit is wrong. an absolute monster, yeah, yeah. and and again, <laughs> it's one of. It, I think it's where you know you can really appreciate why you know because so many people have said over the years like why didn't why 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 was Meg White there? He could have got any drummer he wanted. It was like no no no, th- this is perfect because her. I I don't even want to say limitations on this because she's providing just a steady beat. You know that's that's all she needs yeah. to do to this, and that allows him to just go off on these virtuosic mm. tangents. And I think it, it, if if she was doing something more complicated underneath it, it wouldn't have the same impact.
2: Yeah, I agree. And um, I, I think he, he said it himself at some point. I, I remember reading in an interview or something, he said Meg leaves a really wide pocket in her playing for him to do stuff in, and that's why mm. it works. And I think that's exactly what you just said, that it's not the p- perfect playing. It's not even, you know... Like Andy's sort of sitting there going, Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah.
0: But like That's not that's not I, I don't dislike actually that about her playing. There is one thing I actually dislike, uh, which is that she uh does she flams between the snare and her left foot on the hi hat. Right. And so you get this yeah. Yeah. All the time <laughs> through it. That's the only <laughs> thing that's difficult to listen to from a drumming perspective because you've got this double noise. But yeah. I, I, I totally agree about the um, the pocket. Like they like say, it works because she doesn't ever try and play too fast or too busily. There's always room for him to do what he wants. Yeah, mm.
2: and, and we, we we found this right. We in our first EP, we did a cover of Blue Orchid, and I remember when we first tried it, Andy had like played a slightly more complicated kick drum rhythm rather than just four on the floor, and it didn't quite. It just didn't work. And we were like, no. that's not working. Mm. Just keep it simple. And then we were like, wow, there's the song. Okay. Yeah, exactly. made it like half as, twice as fast and like, a <laughs> bit But like, it's true. You know, like, it's, whenever you try and play on a white stripe song, it's not as simple as it sounds.
1: Mm. It
2: sounds no. so simple, and somehow it's really hard to get it though.
1: Although, mm. I mean, you guys definitely do Blue Orchid justice. Well, you absolutely oh, you. smashed the ass off that start, last start, time I see you. Stop,
2: stop ah shucks <laughs> <laughs> but thanks um it's a fun one to do as well it, it definitely gets i like do it, doing it early in our set because it really gets the sort of blood pumping um yeah
0: we so we probably need to write something equivalent uh for, <laughs> good luck <laughs> so that we don't have to don't have to rely on that one but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's hard, that's a lot harder uh said than done yeah i'd uh i'm gonna i'm gonna put my my vote to uh girl you have no faith in medicine just for the riff uh, i think I, I i get the feeling of that one Hmm. Um, I would probably go for Seven Nation Army otherwise, Um, just because it's it's one of those where it's uh, when I think about the song, I get a bit like, oh, like you hear it in so many places or whatever. It's a bit cliche, but then actually listening to it, it's again, it's such a it's such a feel like the just the the bass drum uh, coming in in the verse Hmm. um, and then the snare after that. It's just such a the, the, again. The, it's just a really simple progression that works super well, and you um, you're not left uh, wondering what they were trying to achieve. Yeah,
2: that's what I think. Um, one good way of characterising the White Stripes' music is that they just use bold strokes. Everything is mm-hmm. bold. You know, like if they're gonna do if they're gonna have like a two four four in the floor kind of trumpet, it's just gonna be that, and it's yeah. gonna. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be turned up, and that's all you're gonna hear, and that's fine. Um, I like that. I think that's that's partly why their stuff is so kind of uh, has like earworm potential. That's why the riff sounds so big because it's just also bold. Like you know, you said, "Girl, you haven't done faith in medicine." It's a simple riff. Same with Black Math. You know, it's just dum 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 But like that's bold, right? You have to have. You kind of have to have balls to do it. <laughs> you know, it sometimes you, when you write something like this to yourself, you might think, ah, it's too simple. Mm. Um, and Jack White does it really well, I think. Mm. Yeah. Well, I con- both of them, you
1: know. Considering the amount of songs that are purely, you know, um, some of them are ju- there's quite a number of them that are 12 bar blues, and, you know, the majority of them just using chords one, four, five, but they mm. all have distinctive personalities. I, I couldn't mm. tell you like one where you tell me the title and I'll, I'll struggle to think what that track is. It's instantly, mm. I've got that riff in my mind. Mm. Mm. But maybe that's because I've played it to death as well. So I'm, <laughs> I'm probably not the best judge of that, actually.
2: Uh, maybe, but, it, you know, I think, um, like I was saying, just now, because it's so bold, mm. it's, like, it just imprints it itself in your mind. Um, and that's that's one of the best things that rock music, I think, can do. And it's a lesson to keep it simple. I mean, uh, there's... There are other bands who are simple and bold as well and they maybe get less critical attention. I'm thinking of like ACDC, for example. And people mm. like to say that, oh, they've just done the same thing for 40 years and they have, but they do it really well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's bold and you know what you're getting yeah. with them. Yeah, uh, I, know, I know obviously White Stripes are way more diverse, but it shows that if you you can be punchy mm. and I think in rock music that matters a lot.
1: Definitely. Well, one of the other big songs of 2003, Did a little Googling, Was Outcast? Hey Ya! Ah,
0: Ah, yeah. Was it that album?
1: Mm. Speaker Box Love Below. Yeah. So again, similarly simple, iconic. You hear it for the first time, and it's going to be in your head forever. Mm. Uh, I think you know. And there's there's nothing wrong with simplicity. In fact, I think it's it's something that you can lose sight of sometimes. I know I know I definitely struggled with that with bands in my early twenties where. (gasps) we all kind of just went, well, this song, it needs to be at least eight minutes long, have three key signature changes, and it needs to go to six, eight here. And then um, surprisingly, all of our stuff was shit. (laughs) So so, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a a big fan of just going, right, you know what, I've got this really solid idea. I'm going to take it as far as it can go, and then I'm just going to cut it, and then it'd be maybe two, two and a half minutes, and Mm then I'll move on to the next track. Yeah, Yeah, that's fine. Absolutely fine.
0: You do say that though. Most of the songs on this album are approaching four minutes long, and there's a seven-minute song. Yes, that's this case, that's, that's, I, that's, think, I think so. That's yeah, I just, I yeah, just yeah. couldn't believe it when I was, I was like. What? <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I would say is it's perhaps a couple of songs heavy. It's fifty minutes long.
2: It's a long album. Uh, the
0: mm-hmm. album with fourteen songs. Mm-hmm. I don't know which ones I'd I'd cut. I don't know it well enough, but um, I think I, I actually um, maybe defer to what you were. Saying about each song having a unique personality mm. um I don't think there's many songs which sound like oh, that's just a different version of the of this other song, which you can sometimes uh, get bands reverting to
1: yeah I'm- um, and although, suppose-
2: although I'd argue that in in an album that 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 can work. you can have sort of themes that run through the album and then you explore them in one song and you explore them in another song I think that's that's a nice way of doing it. They don't do it I mean white stripes under here, like you said, every song. Mm. It's quite different in its in its way, but they, they, they're they produced in the same way. They have the same sort of sound and atmosphere so that it never feels like you're departing from an album. Mm.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I suppose you'd, you'd kind of say the obvious candidates to cut if you were going to do anything are the songs like In the Cold, Cold Night or You've Got it's it's Her true In that Your we Pocket love. or It's True That We Love. But I was going to
2: say, yeah, True That We Love.
1: That, that Yeah, that that's always never quite works for me as an album closer it's, it's cutesy and i see why they put it there but it's it, it doesn't do it for me yeah
2: they could have dropped like i said you could have dropped mm. it end on girl you have no faith and that's mm. that's an awesome
0: closer
1: but again you need you need those moments like um you've got her in your pocket and cold cold night just to punctuate everything else that's going on around it
0: yeah it's it uh, certainly I, I would have got really bored listening to it by the time we got to maybe uh i want to be the boy if there hadn't been some change in the overall tonality mm. uh, i mm. think it came it comes at just a just the right point in the album to give you that oh there's something a bit different and then you're back into it
2: yeah it just takes its mm. foot off the, the, the throttle a little bit right like it just gives it a little moment of breathing space and, this, and then um what is mm. it side sorry the side the the last two sides they sort of ramp up again you know because mm. you have i mean we haven't even talked about hypnotize yet hypnotize <laughs> is a great tune. Um, and I really like, again, it goes back to the kind of zany wittiness that I was talking about, where it's like, I want to spin my little watch right before your eyes. You're the kind of girl that I'd like to, a guy like me could hypnotize. It's like, it's, it makes me laugh, and I like that. Mm.
1: Hypnotize, hypnotize was a mainstay of a lot of indie alternative club nights that I used to go to around right. mid-2000s. And that was, yeah, it, it was kind of like one of those songs that if you heard it was like, yeah, I think tonight's going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, so no, I'm, sort of I'm, I'm in safe hands. Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it, that also has a pretty cool riff. It's kind of um it reminds me of conquest in a way. It has a, it has a kind of like it's probably not really there, but it sort of gives me a kind of Latin flavor. The the dum 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 dum
1: It's almost La esque.
2: Um. <laughs>
0: Just very yeah, overdriven.
2: Uh, yeah, with like buzz <laughs> on it. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. And, uh, and you know, opening the last side with that is the way to go. So, like you were saying, Andy, it, you know, it comes down with those two songs, I Want to Be the Boy and, um, what is it, You've Got Her in Your Pocket. Mm. And then it sort of slowly comes up because you have ball, ball and Biscuit and Hardest Button to Button, which are heavier, obviously, but they're not. You know full kind of yeah top overdrive kind of things they're a little bit more mellow and then the last side goes up a little bit more and then they just stick mm. this thing on the end with the holy <laughs> <I'll> go <lightly. laughs> um which i've always thought was just like like credits music you know it's just like mm. put it on at the end it's or it's credits it's like one of those outtake scenes you know what i mean like the credits are rolling yeah. and now they're showing you the outtakes you know like, ah, okay um I mean it's fun but like it's like like you were saying Danny it's it adds that it adds something to the album but if if you really if somebody you know forced you to cut something I would I would cut that mm.
1: it's, um, I mean yeah I'm, I'm kind of torn in an in it's kind of throwaway and cutesy enough that it kind of I, it, it makes sense there hmm. and yeah, um, that's like a, like I said I mean I don't yeah. mean that in
2: a completely derogatory no, way no, no. that's what it that's what it reminds me of like the credits are rolling and now they are showing you like the outtakes
0: okay
1: yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna imagine it's like the end of a Pixar film from now on. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it does. It does underline the, um, uh, like you were saying, the, the slightly zany uh, kind of uh, that 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 humorous edge that is uh, running through a theme uh, through the album, which you could miss if you weren't listening to the lyrics too hard. Mm, mm, mm. Um, whereas it's pretty fucking obvious uh, when you're listening <laughs> to that song. Anything else either uh, of you had uh, um, thoughts about the album? It's um, really good. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. Uh,
2: <laughs> uh and it's definitely one I come back to a lot. Like I'm happily mm. listen to that pretty much any time. Um some you know, some things you can be like ah, I listened to that last week and can't be bothered with it now. But I think mm. I could probably listen to this all the time. <laughs> so, I, I
1: feel like it's watch. a difficult album to dislike. I mean, it's it's not going to be many people's favorite albums of all time, but I can ima- I can't imagine anyone taking like a really hostile dislike to it. There, there's going to be some. When you don't trust those people, anyone. right? Like, <laughs> like we were saying. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if by by all means, do let me know if you do, and I'll be happy to tell you why you're wrong, and um, we'll we'll go our separate <laughs> ways.
0: It's all good. <laughs> well. What a fascinating conversation. And uh thank you for listening. Uh let us know your thoughts, give us five stars, etc. etc, cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. Darny, is there anything you would like to plug uh given that uh since you last plugged stuff, they're at least six months out of date. So uh think think long term. Think
1: long term. Yeah. So um Haven't got any gigs coming up bizarrely. That's uh, that's an odd thing. Shocker. I know. By the time this comes out, you
0: might. So uh, uh, where where should people find your gig listings?
1: Ah, where should people find my gig listings? Um, Nowhere, because I'm really bad at planning them and I'm really bad at getting myself out there. However, um, I am, well, we're in October now. So if you release this, let's say February, I'm this close to having an EP together of um, original stuff. And uh, yeah, it just needs a few more passes in the mixing phase, maybe a couple of lyrics edits, but I digress. Um, hopefully that should be out and about soon and hopefully get some opinions on that. Oh, and if you fancy a similarly themed bit of fun, I've had a group on Facebook for a little while now called the Self Isolators Album Appreciation Society. <laughs> um we've actually um we have actually covered elephant on it as the second album and the idea is um you know come along listen to one album a week from beginning to end without the pauses as lindsey buckingham intended if you get that joke you watch the boost too much and um and then you know leave a little review that's pretty much it there's a fun little that's thing you can play me. along while you're um climbing up the walls
0: excellent uh as in what have we got going on
2: what have we got going on? Well, we've finished a couple of tracks for um, sort of the studio versions of things. They will be out soon. Um, and I'm also knocking to shape another one of those tracks from the live stream show that we did back in July. So that'll also be out soon. Now, all of this may already be out by the time you're listening to this, in which case we'll have links.
0: All right. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks Hi. for having me again, guys. Our pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Bye. See ya. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I relate most of my years to when did
0: Radiohead make stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs>